we uh, were talking about protection of women last time and a couple of questions arose from that so I'll continue with uh, that uh, topic. One question was asked which was <clears throat> whether abuse of women doesn't take place in those countries where Muslims are in a majority or abuse of children um, and of course that is not the point that was being made. The point that was being made was that Western countries lecture to us about the fact that uh, um, there are certain restrictions on, on women and uh, there are no such restrictions and women have complete freedom in the West. And what they are saying is that uh, uh, Islamic teaching or Islam or Muslim societies abuse women and we don't. And in the light of what was happening at President's Club, um, uh, um, I was showing that it's exactly the same all over the world. Whichever country it is, women are being subjected to this kind of uh, treatment. And then someone else uh, said, well, wouldn't it be easy, wouldn't it be right then to uh, protect women that we... Uh, lock them up so if they don't go out they don't get subjected to this kind of harassment and, and uh, treatment. Now briefly the answer to that is that I gave this person was well why don't we lock up the men? If women are allowed to go out and work and do everything and men are locked up the same thing will apply. And uh, he said, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, men have to go out and earn a living. And I said, well, the woman would be out earning a living. So what's your problem? Stay at home and bring up the babies. Uh, so uh, I just thought I'd briefly mention those uh, two things and then go back to looking at uh, 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 the rights given to women in Islam. And we started off and I start at the same place again uh, that we did last time. This is chapter four, chapter 4 verse 135 which says Ya ayyuhal amanu kunu kawameena bil qisti shohada Lillahi wa law ala anfusikum awilwa lidaini wal akrabain. I won't translate the whole of the verse, I did it last time. And other verses that I refer to, I want to refer to, I will not uh, recite the Arabic. And this one says, O you who believe, be maintainers of justice. Now, you see the difficulty is this, that when we talk about justice, we immediately 
think of some kind of a court of law. Someone has, I don't know, uh, mugged someone or killed someone or stolen something, they're in a court of law and uh, uh, we are going to give uh, evidence against them, as we shall see in, in, in another verse later on, and we should speak the truth. Yes, I mean, that is correct. But justice, and this is what people forget, justice is not confined just to giving evidence in a court of law. Justice means doing justice in all aspects of life. I'll give you one example. There is one university place for a doctorate in some subject or another and you have two applications. One is a man, one is a woman. Okay. Now, if you reject the woman's application because she is a woman and you give that place to, uh, to the male, are you doing justice? You're not. If you take another example of uh, the hoo-ha, the furore we have recently about pay given to uh, the BBC editors, in uh, foreign editors in places like China and other places. One of them resigned and why did she resign? Because she said she was not being given the same pay as her male colleagues who were doing the same job. That is unjust. That is not doing justice. For ju so justice doesn't just mean that if you go to court, you do the right thing, you give the correct decision. All you who believe, be maintainers of justice. So, I'm a boss. I'm working in some factory. And there's a male and a female. There's a white guy and a black guy. There's a Hindu guy and a Muslim guy. The Quran is saying, you shouldn't take gender into account, you, do, you, you shouldn't take color into account, you shouldn't take religion into account, if you're thinking about promoting them. Because if you do, you're not doing justice. So we have to be just in all aspects, in all spheres of uh, life. And if we don't, then we are not doing justice. The other verse, chapter 5, verse 8, O you who believe, be upright. Ya yuhallazina amanu kunu kawwa meena lillahi shohada bilkiste. O you who believe, be upright for Allah. And we were talking about the word kawwa mean, which meant that you are responsible for making sure. And the verse that I recited with which I started uh, uh, last week and I translated that verse as, O oh men, you are responsible for making sure that no harm comes to women, for safeguarding them. 
And some people object to that and say, well, why men? Well, it's obvious. Just look at the parliament, just look at the American Senate, just look at the American Congress. The ratio of male to female is roughly 50-50 in these places, maybe 48 to 52 or, or something, but it, it's around that. But have we, are half the number of members of our parliament in the UK or the House of Lords, are half of them women? No. There are a few women, most of them are men. So what's the point of addressing this to women? Look at the American Senate, look at the American Congress, look at the Indian, uh, uh, what is it called, Lok Sabha and, 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 and something, their, their parliament is called Lok Sabha or Pakistan's, it's called National Assembly. Any country in the world. So who's going to be making, enacting, implementing laws and making sure that they are followed. It's going to be men. So there's no point in addressing these verses to women. <coughs> Although here it says, uh, O you who believe, Ya Yuhallazina, you who believe, and that includes everyone, not just men and uh, women. But there's an interesting verse you see in the Holy Quran which is chapter 4 verse 32 that uh, I want to bring your attention to and covet not that by which Allah has made some of you excel others for men is the benefit of what they earn and for women is the benefit of what they earn. So what does that mean? People say, oh, well, you know, if, you, if your wife or someone has a job, uh, th then she earns money, then that's her, that's hers. And you don't have any right to take that. Yes, that's one interpretation. But what it means is this. If you have a man and a woman, and they're both carrying bricks up a building that is being constructed. And the man carries a hundred bricks and the woman carries a hundred and fifty bricks. You give the woman one and a half times what the man is earning. Because that is what she has earned. That is what is due to her. What is due to women? What they earn. How do you earn? By doing a job. By putting some effort into it. So Islam is very clear about equal pay. And I would say that uh, from that also comes equality of opportunity. But you see, the, the difficulty is this, that Islam addresses both of us, men and women. For example, chapter uh, 24, verse 31 states, And say to the believing women that they lower their gaze and restrain their passion and do not display their adornment except what appears thereof. Okay? But then in the verse before that it says, Say to the believing men that they lower their gaze and restrain their passions. That is the power 
that, that, uh, that is purer for them, surely Allah is aware. What does the next one say? And say to the believing women, it's exactly the same instruction. Both of you act modestly. Like last week I gave this example that if I uh, uh, leave my house like I've done today to come to Juma and uh, I leave the front door open and then I go back and the house is being burgled and I call the police and the police say, well, did you close the door? No. Did you lock the door? No. And they say, why not? Well, no one has the right to come into my house, have they? They shouldn't be doing that. Do you think the police are going to take me very seriously? They may even call an ambulance and have me carted off to a mental hospital. Do you think my insurance company is going to pay up if I tell them I left the front door open and a burglar burgled me and took all my possessions? And this is, you see what the Holy Prophet said, a man rushed into Medina, I think he was on a horse or a camel or something, leapt off and started running away wherever he was going. And the Holy Prophet said, what about your ride? And he said, I trust in Allah and I'm leaving it in Allah's hand. So the Holy Prophet said, first tie your animal, then trust in Allah and leave it in Allah's hand. Or in my example, first close the door, lock it and then leave it to Allah that your house doesn't get burgled. And you know, I get very bad press for this, but uh, I can't help uh, uh, saying it, it should not happen. But if women are not modestly dressed, men are the way they are. Although it says here clearly, lower your gaze, do not leer at them, but they will. But the point is, it's the same instruction. It also says to men, dress modestly and for, to women, don't stare at them, don't leer at them. See, what I find very strange is this, rather than, you know, you've got the, we have this new expression called ladette. And what the society has decided is that if boys are doing something wrong, if men are doing something wrong, we are not going to tell them that it's wrong. Don't go out every Friday and drink 19 pints of beer and become paralytic and then go out and be sick and attack people and beat up the policemen and so on. What the society has decided is this, we're going to let women do the same thing as well. And that somehow is supposed to balance out everything because both males and females are doing uh, uh, the, the wrong thing. And this is what Islam is against. And in fact, in another place, Islam, if we take another verse of the, of the Holy Quran, um, then people will say to me, well, it's in a particular uh, context and so on. Um, it says here, this is uh, chapter uh, 2, Surah uh, Al-Baqarah. 
228 and it says here and women have rights similar to those against them in a just manner. So, think about equal pay, think about modesty, think about everything that it applies to both. I know here it is in the context of uh, divorce and th that answers another question. You know Islamic jurists apart from uh, Lahori Hamdis they say well a man can divorce a woman, but a woman is not allowed to divorce a man. Well the Holy Quran says and women have rights similar to those against them in a just manner. So, if, if women are not allowed to divorce men then how is it having the same right? It is not having the same right, he has got one right and you have not got it. And it is clearly against the uh, instruction of the, uh, of the Holy Quran. And uh, I mean in another chapter the relations between men and women, if you think about relations between men and women. And you know the people say well you should be totally separate and segregated and, and this and that um, and so on. Well, what does the Holy Quran says? If I can find it, I think it's, this is uh, chapter 9 verse uh, 71 and the believers men and women are friends of one another. If you are totally segregated, if you never see the other part, how are you going to become friends? You are not going to see them in a social situation, you are not going to see them in a school, college or university, you are not going to see them at work. So, how do you become friends? So, I would suggest that this is an anti-segregation verse, but then it goes on to say something interesting. They are friends and what do friends do? They help each other they help each other. Now, how do they help each other? And that is by telling the other party to do good and stop doing something wrong. Let us go back to our example of the, uh, the lad and the ladette. They are supposed to be stopping them and not in indulging in the same wrong behavior themselves. And then the Holy Quran gives uh, some examples of what is good and what is uh, not good. Keep up prayer, pay zakat, obey Allah and his messenger etc. Uh, etc. Et so, the responsibility for protecting women falls on both men and women, but men the Holy Quran has imposed an extra duty on men and that is to make sure that women are treated with honor, with dignity and they are not molested and uh, really if you go back to the president's club and look at that or you look at the uh, BBC and the treatment of uh, women there, you can the men who hide these women in the uh, light of this verse of the Holy Quran, they were doing wrong. Men who molested them obviously did uh, 
something uh, wrong. But even those who hired them, who got them to sign these contracts, were doing uh, 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 wrong. <coughs> um, and let's forget about those who were actually there. And it's very interesting, isn't it, that they were there. And what I, I, I said this last week, you know, we are told the great and the good. Well, what was, what was so great about them? And what was so good about them? What was great and good was that when an appeal was made, rather than some poor person who would say, here is five pounds or here is ten pounds, they were standing up and saying, I'll donate five thousand pounds. A single ticket for that function was sixteen hundred pounds, I think. So it seems to me that nowadays the definition of the great and the good is not your character, is not your morality. I mean, my definition of the great and the good is Mother Teresa. A young girl who at 16 or 18 or something devotes her life to service of humanity, to looking after lepers that no one else would go near to washing them, to brushing their teeth, to feeding them. That is the great and the good. <coughs> Not the man who's provided with the, <coughs> the sort of company that these gentlemen were uh, just because uh, they could afford to uh, donate 5,000 or 10,000 pounds for uh, 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 some cause or other. And this is why the uh, the uh, uh, God says that uh, <coughs> surely those who annoy Allah and his messenger, Allah has cursed them in this world and the hereafter and he has prepared for them an abasing chastisement. And those who annoy believing men and believing women, they bear the same guilt. So both of them, those who annoy believing men and believing women, you can see everywhere in the Holy Quran, wherever some duty is imposed, it's on both men and women. For a man is what he earns, for a woman is what she earns. Men lower your gaze, don't leer at women, women lower your gaze. And again here, um, uh, in the last verse that uh, uh, I read out. <coughs> and uh, I mean generally people restrict this to Muslims. Um, but I think there is a wider application of such uh, verses. They're not, uh, it doesn't mean to say that you know you go up to a girl and uh, you say excuse me what's your religion I'm a Muslim oh that's okay you can go then go to the next one what's your religion oh I'm Sikh oh that's okay I can molest you because you're not a Muslim Islam doesn't mean that this is not what the the, the teaching is uh, although these uh, verses were revealed in a particular context when men and women Muslim men and women were being subjected to being molested and uh, debased and humiliated and so on and this is came down but it doesn't mean to say that we have the right to molest uh, other people. There's a corollary 
and that is that uh, if others shouldn't be molesting us, we shouldn't be doing the same thing to, to them because that would be equally wrong. So uh, I hope with uh, due respect to uh, the BBC that they will now um, actually own up and pay uh, their female staff who do the same job as men equal pay and not hide behind some tradition or uh, whatever. And I hope unless someone rings and asks another question, we'll uh, continue with some other topic next week.